Hey, everybody. It's Mike Rickheim. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Getting to Know podcast. I am thrilled to be joined today by Laron Wilder, who's one of our senior sales managers here at Nina. Laron, thanks for joining us today on the Getting to Know podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. How are you doing today? Excellent. You know, it's a Wednesday in Wisconsin. It's a high of 11 degrees today. And so I couldn't be uh, more happy and thrilled to be online with you. What part of Wisconsin are you physically residing in? I reside in a small town called Kakana, Wisconsin. And, you know, if you've been a part, if you talk to the locals here, this is Paper Mill Valley. So there is a huge uh, pulp mill right down the road. So Kakana is uh, often coined the, the phrase smelly town. But uh, if you live here, you get used to it. So, and, and it's not too far from Nina. We're about 15 minutes away from Nina. So I, that's, that's where I sit. That's our home base is right there at the Finishing Center. So it's interesting what you said about smelly town, because when I, I announced to my children that I was coming to work for a company that was involved in paper manufacturing, their first comment was, Dad, paper mills smell terrible. Um, but everything has changed technology-wise, right? Is it still smelly town or like what, what's the deal there? To me, things have changed. When I first moved here, you can you can definitely uh, get that scent in the air. But things have changed in, in the landscape of, of paper making has changed overall. You know, you take a tour of any of our mills uh, or, or if any, you know, any new associates would like to tour those mills, you'll get a, a good history lesson on just the area in how the landscape have changed. And, and to your point, Mike, technology was driving a lot of that change. You know, things are being updated. You know, pulp mills will still be what they are. They'll have a scent, um, but it's the smell of the money essentially is what people would say as well. Yeah, I like that, good attitude. As a sales guy, especially, I like, I like that nose for the money. How long have you, uh, have you been with Nina? Yeah, so officially uh, this year, we'll, we'll come up on four years with Nina. I, I will tell you that, you know, over the course of the four years, we've done a lot. Uh, and the company, uh, you know, has changed a little bit, but it's been four really amazing years with with some good people uh, and some some really good customers as well. Did you move to the area that you're in now as a result of the role with Nina? Or were you already in that general vicinity? You know, originally I was born and raised in Milwaukee, uh, so about an hour, uh, probably an hour and a half south of here. And initially, you know, leave Milwaukee, you know, I came from a, a large family in Milwaukee and, you know, a lot of us went our different ways as soon as you turn 18. Uh, so I went to college in uh, Mankato. So a Minnesota state Mankato venture to UW Stevens Point, which is really in the heart of Wisconsin. And we actually have our whiting mill right in Stevens Point area. Yep. Uh, and then uh, after college, I've done some other uh, other things within the management space, uh, consumer packaged goods space. Uh, and then landed on Nina. In fact, my brother-in-law works uh, or used to work in the mill. Now he is an electrician for for the mill. So you can kind of say it's 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 in our family business already. Yeah. So four years ago, I, I made the change to to Nina, and I, I you know I don't look back often, but it's been a good change. That's good. The whole whole family affair. He keeps the lights on, keeps the machines running. You go out yes. and sell it. Yeah. Makes for a yeah. good Thanksgiving, right? That's yeah. great. You mentioned uh, large family. How large is this family? Yeah, so growing up in Milwaukee, I actually um, live with my grandmother, and and you know to mention that a lot of families around us, you know, the grandmothers were raising the families essentially. Sure. So, yeah. So there were uh, essentially, uh, you know, I had me and my twin brother, and then I also had, gosh, six other cousins, you know, living together. So we had a lot of really good Thanksgivings, Christmases, you name it, we we did it all together. Um, so my family of five, 
only three kids, me and my wife. I have a lot of other nieces and nephews, so we can still, you know, call it a big family affair when we get together. That's great. So the Getting to Know podcast, as you probably know, is an audio experience, so they can't tell, you know, what you look like as I stare at you. But it would be hard for me to believe that there's a twin brother better looking than you out there, Laurent. Is that <laughs> what would your take on that be? Like, how does this guy rank next to you? You know, you make good points. We are uh, fraternal. We're not identical. And I don't want to brag. You know, I'm a fair guy. <laughs> fair enough. So you got three kids running around there with your wife. Uh, tell me about them. Yeah. So my oldest uh, name is Jalen. He is, he'll be 10 this year. Um, huge sports guy. And being the first child, you know, it, it's the fault on me. I'll take the blame. We watch sports from, from the moment he was born. We watch a lot of football, baseball, track. I mean, we, we huge Olympic family. So we get into that a lot. Uh, my middle daughter is Auburn. Uh, she'll be seven on the 1st of February. So in a couple of days. And she's huge in dance. And then my youngest name is Jackson. He'll be five this year. He is very active. He runs the house. He's in charge. <laughs> so family's very active, you know, and, and we couldn't be more blessed to have him, to be honest. Is your wife from the upper Midwest or? She is from not too far from where we live today or now. So she's from Kakana area. Her whole family is from this area. Fair to assume based on where you came up, is it like big kind of Packers, Brewers, Bucks? kind of across the board Milwaukee sports or did the time in Mankato steer you the other way or? Yeah. So we are uh, huge um, Green Bay Packer fans, uh, huge Brewer fans, you know, Milwaukee Bucks. In fact, my time in Mankato, that's where the Vikings hold their training camp every year. But, you know, when I was there, Brett Favre was there as well. You know, he was a, he was a Viking at that time, but you know, never steered me away. I've always been a Packer fan. <laughs> Great fan base. And is Jalen and Jackson, Auburn, they've all followed mom and dad's allegiances? Oh, yeah, they have. And um, we have a lot of Bear fa Bears fans around uh, on our yeah. league teams. They are everywhere. And they're as loyal as we are. So <laughs> no one has steered away yet. <laughs> Very cool. So you've been with us at Nina for almost coming up on four years. Um, tell me a little bit about your role and what, you know, what a day in the life looks like for you. Yeah. So uh, my current role now is senior sales manager. And uh, essentially I am a part of the managing coverings and commercial part of our business. So, uh, and what we do is we, you know, we go to market in a couple of different ways. So on our covering side of our business, um, we, you know, actually go to market with publishers um, you know, book manufacturers, and then our commercial business, which is commercial print. So think of your traditional, you know, commercial printer. Uh, we also deal with a lot of merchants, mainly merchants in that, in that arena. Uh, essentially a day in the life for me, I, I also, uh, as outside of managing that group of uh, people, I also manage my own account base. So I call a variety of accounts, call it direct customers. I also have a lot of converters and I manage a, a big group of uh, merchants as well. So my business consists of really Century U.S. And, and Canada. What's the best part of your role right now? What do you enjoy the most? You know, with uh, with the new changes, you know, things are extremely fresh. You know, I love playing that, uh, you, you know, new guy role. And, and I say that because I can ask those questions, right? You, we can, you know, reach out to people whom you haven't reached out before and say, hey, let's have a conversation. So uh, the best part of my role is getting to know more people. And that's what this podcast is all about, right? So really yeah. branching out and uh, talking to folks you haven't spoken to before, learning new people and, and just kind of getting, getting to know people a little bit more detail. 
Have you always been that guy? Like you want to get out and get to know people, you're curious by nature kind of thing? You know, I think so. My wife will tell you that, you know, I would rather pick up a phone and call someone rather than shoot them a text, right? So I've always been outgoing. You know, I think back on my sports days, I remember Little League coach, you know, coach saying, anyone want to play quarterback? And no one raises their hand, right? But there I am like, you know what? No one's going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I like yeah. that. It's probably a good behavior you want out of a sales leader, right? Put the ball in my hands and uh, give me an opportunity to put points on the board. I like it. You mentioned the change agenda, and I hear this a lot. I mean, I'm experiencing it as well, uh, but I'm new-ish to the organization, so I'm not as familiar with kind of the pace of change historically versus what it is now. But I hear consistently from people I've grown to have a lot of respect for that this this change agenda is more aggressive than perhaps what we've seen at least most recently. What's your take on that? You said you like it, you know, you like new and fresh, uh, but what's, what's your take on the change agenda? You know, Mike, I agree with you there. You know, some may look at it as more aggressive, but, you know, looking at the times, we're coming off of a year where, you know, battered and, and bruised with this pandemic and, and just understanding our dynamic, right? Things that are happening in our marketplace, you know, we need to be aggressive and we need to, you know, pivot in the right moments to, to meet demand of our customers. So thinking on a normal year of change, we would always follow what the, what the curve or what the path of the industry would project for us. And this is no different. Our leadership team is doing a really great job understanding what is to come, understanding what, you know, mechanisms to pull and when. Uh, and thinking specifically on fine paper, Kingsley is, is viewing all of these things and, and making the right decisions. I think the decisions are, are, are spot on. There's further change and further secular decline that's going to you know, require us to look at new ways to grow and being more innovative. With the Leron Wilder of 10, 12 years ago, or maybe even going back a little further as you're entering the workforce, uh, would you have been as open to the change then or have you... You feel like you've evolved there? I think I've evolved. You know, my wife and I will talk about <laughs> the, the different, you know, style of life that we were all in, you know, leaving college, right? And when you're not as experienced, you know, you tend to want to follow the leader, right? You tend to want to just take it all in. I'm just going to take it all in. But, you know, you, as you mature in, thing, in life and things, you tend to adopt these ideas. And I, I think I've adopted understanding that change is natural. Is there advice that you would give that earlier version of Laron, knowing now what you know, equipped with the experiences you have that would have made you that much more successful early on if you had that information or that that perspective? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I always go back to hindsight is 2020, right? <laughs> so it's yeah, it's always tough to think about it in that in that sense. But you know, the advice I would give to a younger me is, you know, be patient know what perseverance you know really is like and understand how to deal with it and also you know plan ahead i think the younger me wasn't very strategic you know i was thinking of what am i going to do today versus what are we going to do in the next three to nine months and being more strategic and that's the first part of advice i would say over the years i forced myself to take time to maybe take an hour a week and sit in the room where there's a whiteboard and just map out what's on your mind it's important to really be forward thinking. And I think that's something that you acquire over time. It's great advice for anyone out there listening. It's great advice. So it's a crazy world. It's obviously impacted what you do with you and your team and your customers. And um, in a global pandemic, there continues to be a 
ton of unknowns out there. Uh, I, I think, you know, as Julia said on a number of occasions, um, I'm sure you share that, like there's, there's reason to be tremendously proud of all the things that we've done to pull through where we are, but we're not, we're not totally through this, but we've got a global pandemic, lots of questions out there, more unrest in our country and probably around the globe than we've ever had before. Black History Month is upon us. Does it mean something different to you as a black man in the United States than it would have previously given the environment? You know, great question, Mike. I I would wholeheartedly agree. It it means a lot. You know, this year uh, particularly means a lot more than than in past years. So many examples of unrest last year. You know, you talk about the George Floyd, you talk about some of the other events, even the events close to home uh, in Wisconsin. There's so many ev- events that you can think about, but thinking about all the positive things that have happened as well, you know, we can reflect on that. You know, Kamala Harris is, you know, the first woman Black vice president. That's incredible to think about. So this year means a lot uh, as far as, you know, reflecting on what was. And then I also want to make mention to, you know, some of the other fallen, you know, leaders that a lot of people resonated with as well. You know, we talk about a Kobe Bryant, his passing last year, you know, that was a, you know, a moment in time that a lot of people are going to think back on. He was a great hero. Uh, then also, you know, thinking about the character of, of Chadwick Bozeman, great actor and, you know, understanding he didn't want many people to understand, you know, what he was going through. And I think that sense of understanding is what a lot of black men in, in America is facing, you know, they don't really, they're not outspoken. There's probably something there, but they'll, you know, it'll be, you know, secret. You know, it's a lot behind it. And again, this this Black History Month is going to be a lot more just understanding all of that. Yeah. You know, I'm a white dude from the mean streets of Toledo, Ohio. My dad was a firefighter, so he worked with a fairly diverse population of folks that I was around and I played sports growing up and I was in a lot of locker rooms that were fairly diverse. But I don't know that I knew that my worldview was being formed. And um, never before have I felt more aware that my experience as a white dude, no matter who I was around, is just different than that of a black dude. Tell me your perspective on that. Yeah, you, you know, it's funny, you know, this summer, this past summer really opened a lot of eyes and, you know, in the movement of Black Lives Matter, you know, that's a real thing that happened in America, across the world. And, you know, really allow people to start to have these conversations. You know, I am a avid camper, my family, and, you know, a lot of our friends, 99% of our friends that we camp with are white. And, you know, we've had a lot of these conversations around the campfire. And to your point, the perspective that were uncovered was astounding. But as much as we look about the negative of last year, there's so much positivity that happened. There were so many discussions, so many, you know, so many doors that were historically locked. There's a guy named John Amici who is a six foot nine British black basketball player who, if he wasn't the first ever gay NBA player to come out, he was in the first couple. He actually transferred in for his senior year of high school and went to my rival high school, as it turns out. I heard an interview with him on the radio the other day. He referenced a study that a woman did, and the question was simple. It was, if men had a nine o'clock curfew, what would you do? And I was blown away by how mundane the answers were. These the women were saying I would go dance. I would go 
uh, I would go to the bathroom and not take my drink with me. I would run with both earphones in. And while this isn't about race and color, the same thing applies. Like, what, what a different perspective. I have a wife and two daughters. I mean, I've never really even thought about that view. I've had some conversations with, you know, with a good friend of mine who's a black guy who's like, yeah, dude, like we don't talk about this a lot because like we just don't talk about it a lot. But like you've never been looked at the same way I have. You've never been pulled over for the same reasons I have. That's your experience. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's it's one that, you know, you'll never hear a lot of these stories. Right. You know, it takes a, a certain level of comfort to truly uncover all the all of those stories and. And to your point, it's happening all across America. The technology is really brought upon the visibility of it. It's funny, you know, my wife is is white, you know, I am black and obviously we have mixed kids and her social media audience is different from my social media audience. And it's, it's, it's mind blowing how these different tools are fueling some of this, uh, some of these issues, but to your, to your exact point, you know, there are different views. Um, there are different reactions. You know, there, there's a different amount of perseverance that one would have to go through. You know, I think there's some way to go. And, and I will tell you that Nina has, has been overly accepting of, of everything. And, you know, I love the, the culture here. It's been extremely positive. Well, that's good to hear. I, I think we've got huge opportunities for us from a diversity and equity and inclusion standpoint that, that is not just about representation. It's not about black, white. It's not about boy, girl. We've got some things that we'll launch this year that I, you know, I, I hope you and and many of our colleagues will, will, will get involved in. Um, but, you know, my perception so far coming in is that um, it is a fairly, you know, welcoming crowd. There's not a whole lot of um, a whole lot of pride of authorship. Um, if you've got a better idea, they don't seem to care who you are. They'll, you know, they'll go. Um, They'll go jump on board and, and implement it. So great, you know, great opportunities for progress, but um, it's good to hear that that's been your, your experience so far. One last question as it relates generally to Black History Month. In your experience, what would be the one thing to look at and say with all this craziness, here's a reason for optimism as it relates specifically to some of the racial tensions and unrest out there? Yeah, great question. I, I think the, the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to is now it's visible. All of the unrest of last year really, you know, allow people to to understand that there is a there is a systemic problem, you know, in America. And I think in my in my personal opinion, you know, it's out in the open. And I think that is the biggest piece of optimism that I have moving forward. Well, appreciate your perspective on all that and um, you know, openness. And you know, hopefully some of the things that you you've shared can help provide some perspective to our listening audience on, on the experience as well. So I, I, I appreciate that. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. In the interest of recognizing innovation as a big opportunity for us, I'm going to try my own little, you know, version of innovating the Getting to Know podcast. Another way of saying I'm going to experiment with a couple things with you, things we have not done on previous podcasts. So this first one, I'm going to go rapid fire with you, okay? So like, don't think about this stuff too much. Just the first thing that comes to your mind, I'm going to ask you your favorite this or your you know, least favorite that or your first whatever, and you just hit me with the first thing you come yeah. up with, all right? Now, you mentioned that you and Jalen and Jackson and maybe Auburn, I'm not, I'm not sure, are big Olympic fans. So I'm going to start there. Your favorite Olympic event? Ask me the 4x100 meter uh, relay and track. I was a huge track guy, so 
if we're going rapid fire, that's that's my absolute favorite event. Favorite brand, the brand that matters most to you and your family. Favorite brand. Um, you know, I'm going to give my wife a shout out and, and say Target <laughs> because that's that's the first thing that pops out to mind. The Target brand is it gives me brownie points. <laughs> I just had a conversation with uh, one Julie Chertel, our president and CEO, in the last week. And she asked me randomly, I don't know what we were talking about. She asked me what brand icon matters most to you. And her answer was Target. I went with the Golden Arches. She's not a big fan of the Golden Arches, but she, she went to Target. I think that's, that's, a, that's a good answer. All right, here's a tough one for you. One team, college or pro, one team that you're most dedicated to. So I would say the Green Bay Packers is, uh, is the most team I'm most dedicated to. Very nice, very nice. You have one meal for the rest of your life. What is it? Who's making it? Where are you getting it? So I'm not going to say my wife because um, I am the cook and she understands that. Uh, baked chicken, getting it from our local meat market, uh, Haynes Meat Market. It's on uh, County Road KK for those in the area. Fabulous place to go to. And, and I'll be the one making it. I like it. We may get some requests for your recipe. So we'll okay. we'll, we'll hit you up with that if we get those into the uh, suggestions at Nina.com inbox. Talk to me about your all-time favorite movie. My favorite movie all time. It's called Twister. Not sure why that resonated with me. I was huge in the weather growing up, but Twister would be my all-time favorite. Um, but, you know, Black Panther is another great movie uh, up there as well. But uh, Twister would be my number one. So if there was a movie about your life, Laron, who would you say should play you? And who would your wife say should play you? So I probably gave mine away already. I would I would absolutely choose Chadwick Boseman. And as far as my wife, she she might pick Cedric the Entertainer is what I'm thinking. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Who would be your leading lady? Uh, I uh, that Sandra Bullock would, would most likely be the leading actress. Good work. What's your ideal vacation spot with the family? Disney World has been the number one place my family loves to go to. And it's it's evident that, you know, if I recommend another place, it's voted out uh, and Disney's voted in. So good, safe one. Best concert you've ever seen. That's a great one. Um, I have not been to many concerts, but we, we do have a lot of festivals here. Over spring break, there was a uh, Little Wayne was in concert, Panama City Beach, um, Florida. So that that has to be the, the best one so far. It's a great area. I love that part of the world, too. We recently launched new values or at least updated values for Nina. Is there one that stands out that you would say resonates with you most? You know, challenging a line might be one that would resonate with me. And, and the reason being is, you know, we've become so close with those we work with. Everyone has really great ideas. And and I think we we have come to a point where I can't say we have in the past, but we've come to a point where it's okay to challenge. It, it's okay to be open about, you know, what your ideal is and then have somewhat of a debate about it and get aligned to it. So I, I would say that's that's the one that I would resonate with most is it's okay to challenge and then align to it. If you could and had to change your first name, what would your new name be? That is a phenomenal question. I have not <laughs> figured that out yet. Um, you know, I might choose uh, Terrell. That might be my first name. With that pronunciation, because there's like Terrell Owens, but Terrell Davis. Right. So Terrell, yeah, you go I would with? stay with Terrell. Yeah, that's a All great right. one. Yeah, I would stay with Terrell. Terrell Wilder. I like it. All right. Quick twist on this. This or that. Right. I'm going to give you two things. You tell me which one. 
Dog or cat? Dog. Movie or TV show? Ooh, I would choose a documentary. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Miller or Bud? Bud. That's very controversial, both where you live and with your uh, podcast host, but that's okay. Uh, we're inclusive on the Getting to Know podcast, as I hope we've established. Beach or mountains? Oh, beach, of course. Big city or out in the country? This is going to go against everything I know, but out in the country. I have grown to love being in You're a camping country. guy. Yeah. Yeah, camping guy. guy. Uh, I'm from the big city, but definitely out in the country, having some land. Well, look, Laron, at the end of every Getting to Know podcast, we hit our participants with three specific questions. Good way to kind of get to know them, kind of fun. So I'm going to hit you with those, all right? Yeah. So what is always in the Wilder refrigerator? Bacon. I like There's that. probably four or five packs of bacon in there. Second question. Amongst those who know you well, Laron, what would you say you're most famous for? I would say... Um, you know, my speed, I, you know, in, in high school and college, I was always the fastest kid. In fact, I think my 40 yard dash is probably the fastest in Wisconsin still at a 4.31. So my speed, yeah. For those of you on the Getting to Know podcast who aren't huge sports fans, to put in perspective, 4.31 may be faster than any time at most recent NFL combines, which basically is all the, you know, prospective draftees. Um, so last question for you, Laron. What are you looking forward to most right this very second? I think at this point, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to how, you know, really, number one, helping the initiatives of the company play out and roll out and also the innovation roadmap and being part of that. So I'm looking forward to growing with the company and the immediate need right now is executing on my individual plans with that. Let me tell you, I, I appreciate everything you're doing there. I have in my first, you know, eight, nine months of the organization heard nothing but great things about what you and your team are doing. So I appreciate you jumping in. And I certainly also appreciate you taking some time out of that busy schedule, taking time away from making some bacon maybe this morning, uh, raising those kids, making your wife happy, slinging our product to uh, spend some time with us and, and help us get to know more about you, your role within the organization, and certainly your perspective on the world right now. I've really enjoyed getting to know you, Laron. For those of you in the listening audience, uh, thank you for your time once again. Hope you enjoyed getting to know Laron, and I will talk to you again in a couple weeks. Thanks, Mike. Take care, everyone.